Let's go check all the top business news stories now. Our business editor, Kate Moody, is here. Hi there, Kate. Hi, Tom. Now, today is, of course, International Women's Day, and you've been taking a look at global efforts to narrow or to close the gender gap. Yeah, the, the COVID pandemic actually wiped out a lot of the progress that we had seen in recent decades. The World Economic Forum now estimates that women around the world won't achieve full equality for 132 years. That's partly because women have traditionally shouldered much more of the care burden. They've struggled to get back into the workforce since the pandemic hit. Women are now also being disproportionately affected by the cost of living crisis. Now, the gender gap encompasses a number of different areas, including political empowerment, economic participation and opportunity, education and health. The World Economic Forum says Iceland, Finland and Norway have made the most progress in addressing those issues. France comes in 15th in the global rankings. In terms of pay, French men still earn about 16 percent more than French women. That puts France 16th in terms of closing the gender pay gap. Well, the theme of this year's International Women's Day, selected by the United Nations, is digital inequality and how innovation and technology can empower women and girls and contribute to economic growth. I've been speaking to Delphine Rami Boutang. She's the founder of Digital Women's Day, or JFD, about supporting female entrepreneurs in the tech sector. I think education is key. Uh, Sir Robinson used to say, to change the world, you need to start changing education. And, then, and I think you need to start really from the beginning to, to, to start with changing education and increasing young girls to be interested in those new, um, uh, interested in technology. That's one thing. And then also you have, uh, of course, uh, regulation. Um, you have those quota that I believe in quota. You can't do without them. And you need to have to reinforce that. Um, so education, regulation, investment, um, and role models. Showing women who are succeeding. Showing the difficulty they have, but also the success, the success they have. And that's very powerful for other women. You can catch the rest of that interview in this week's People and Profit that'll be airing this Thursday at 4.45 p.m. Paris time. Well, when discussing gender equality, activists repeatedly point to the importance of affordable childcare, an issue that, again, disproportionately affects women in the workplace. In the U.K., where inflation still stands over 10 percent, the cost of living crisis has further increased the burden on caregivers who often have to give up their careers as a result. As the United Kingdom teeters on the brink of recession and the cost of living crisis shows no sign of letting up, millions in the country are feeling the crunch, not least those with young children. Louise is a mother of two and has taken what she considers a step back in her career in order to be able to afford childcare. I was a charity shop manager of 12 years um, until very recently last week. Uh, I have now switched to a cleaning job at the minute, which isn't a job that I'd choose, but it just offered that little bit more flexibility. It pays a little bit more. I do feel a bit like I've put my career on hold since having children, based on the cost of childcare, basically. The average annual price for full-time childcare in England for a child under two was more than £14,000 last year, or nearly €16,000. That makes Britain's childcare among the most expensive in the world, according to the OECD, taking up nearly 30% of the income of a couple with two young children. 
only behind Switzerland and New Zealand. The government says it has spent more than £20 billion in the last five years on helping with the cost of childcare, but many say that they need to be doing more. Parents cannot work without good quality affordable childcare in the same way that they cannot work without a functioning transport system. It is the same. Um, so we have to see the government invest in this in order to get more women back into the workplace. With a general election expected next year, the opposition Labour Party views childcare as a key battleground, pledging to transform the sector, including fully funded breakfast clubs for every primary school in England. Well, it's easy to think that breaking the glass ceiling is the ultimate goal, but some of the world's most powerful women are giving some insight into just what that means for them. The managing director of the International Monetary Fund, Kristalina Georgieva, has told CNBC that she always worked twice as hard to be seen as equal to her male colleagues, while her predecessor, the current head of the European Central Bank, said female leaders are often more prepared for meetings. Christine Lagarde, who was speaking at a forum along with Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala of the World Trade Organization, said that both public and pri the private sector can benefit from more female leadership. As a result of which institutions... Female leaders, they don't have all the skills, all the qualities, granted. But look around you. They tend to have the qualities that are, that are especially beneficial in times of geopolitical tensions. One study in particular finds that they are especially good at thinking holistically, managing complexity, and embracing cooperation, attributes that are ideal when it comes to trade negotiations. I have my way of putting it out. Forgive me. Fewer testosterones, smaller ego. That helps. And I have said once, this, the picture would look different if Lehman Brothers had been Lehman Sisters. OK, I, I still believe in that big way. So some rather pithy lines there from Christine Lagarde, uh, but really giving a little bit of insight into just what it's taken for her to get to this position, Tom. Mm, indeed. A wise woman, if ever there was. Thank you very much indeed. Kate Moody, our business editor. Thank you.